97% of salespeople are missing this one thing that if they only knew it would allow them to close 75% more sales. It has nothing to do with charisma, the gift of gab, or whatever else you've been told. Because if you're trying to convince your customer, that means they don't want to buy, which means you've already lost the sale. What sales professionals do is sell customers exactly what they want to buy. They work with the customer to uncover their current challenges, the consequences of those challenges, and how that's impacting them. They then help the prospect describe the ideal solution to their problems, what that looks like, and how that perfect outcome will impact them. And once they can picture that perfect outcome, price is irrelevant. That's right. Sales professionals sell customers exactly what they want to buy because it's easier dealing with a happy customer than dealing with a customer who felt sold. So here's the deal. I explain everything in my live two-day sales workshop, June 14th and 15th in my office. Go to closemoresales.com workshop and you'll be able to close more sales as soon as you get back. Hey, everybody. Thank you for joining us for today's episode of Certainty Talks. On this show, we talk about the system that we use to get clarity on our goals, certainty that we have the tools to reach them, and wealthy on our terms by rigging the game in our favor. And we share it here because we want to help you to reach your goals on your terms. You've been told to scale by this product, by that product, often from good-meaning people. So it's not your fault when you look around and you wonder, why am I not where I want to be in my business? As our mentor and business partner, Dan, Dan Nicholson says, the biggest risk is we don't get what we want out of life. Got my good friend and business partner in the Whale Club here, Mr. Paul Sparks himself. Not only a successful real estate investor, but also a certified certainty advisor. And guys, if you get value out of this show, please hit the subscribe button. That way we can help more people get wealthy on their terms. Title for today's show is how Steve is raising profits in his business. But before we make the show all about Steve, let's talk about six word updates. What you got, Paul? Yeah, this is this is Steve's world, and we're all just living in it. So first of all, this <laughs> that's a great six me, word all update. about Steve today. But no, <laughs> so uh, six word update for me is excited for the Whale Club event. We've got uh, exactly what is today Thursday, so eight days. We'll have oh man, almost. 50 uh whales here uh in denver for our event i'm super excited we're gonna have dr jeff spencer doing a workshop he and i were just kind of game planning right before this uh what he's going to be speaking on it's going to blow people's minds i mean he is an impressive dude and he's going to be just uh given a lot of his secrets he's acquired over the course of you know 40 50 years in business and professional uh dealing with professional athletes and stuff like this we got nick peterson speaking uh, which is always a hoot. You never know what you're going to get with Nick. He is a wild card. So I can't wait to hear what he has to share. Um, and of course, uh, the famous Steve Trang will be there giving his presentation and speaking uh, as well. So yeah, pumped for that event. And um, yeah, just excited to see everybody. Yeah, man. I can't believe it's next week. Wow. Uh, so my six word update, team on board with minimums. So uh, not this week, but the previous week, I talked about, hey, maybe we should lower our KPIs and lower our targets. And they were like freaking out. Like, what are you talking about? Because we're not hitting our targets, you're going to lower them? That's, that seems like a cowardly way out. Like, that's not accountability. It's like, oh, man, I got to undo this mess, right? Because I came in with, like, direction without any sort of explanation or setting a foundation, you know, like a visionary does that <laughs> come in and screw things up. So they were pretty upset with me last week. This week, I explained why, which we're going to do in today's show, right? Why we're doing what we're doing. And once they understood the why, they're like, yeah, that makes total sense. 
So team is now on board with minimums because we talked about last week as what are the absolute minimums? So what's the problem? Uh, the problem is, and if you're listening to the show, you, this might resonate with some of you. The biggest problem is that we're chasing revenue. Chasing revenue is something we do in our five-year target, our three-year target, our one-year target, our quarterly targets, right? We're chasing revenue. That's the metric we track. Not saying it's necessarily wrong. We're just saying that's not the most important metric. And we say it all the time. Hey, what's the most important, Paul? The amount of money you make or the amount of money you keep? I'd say it's the amount of money you keep. I don't, you know. But why do we as humans latch on so hard to the revenue? Why is that? I don't know. I don't know. But we know what we keep is the most important, but we set targets based off that other number. So mm-hmm. uh, so problems for chasing revenue. And the problem with chasing revenue is when we set these revenue targets is generally speaking, everything has to go right for us to hit our revenue targets, right? And we know, if you guys have been listening to this on Certainty Talks, the best laid plans are unlikely to occur. Things happen along the way. Um, and we're not even talking about like major black swan events. We're just saying adversity. People get sick in your company. Someone quits, right? Hey, this marketing channel, like right now, everyone's freaking out about the A to P 10 DLC, right? The texting platforms. Hey, texting worked for me two months ago. It's no longer working. So we're not talking about black swan events. We're just saying like things happen all the time. And we're planning as if nothing will go wrong. Not that everything will go right. Nothing will go wrong. Uh, What else? In order for our team to hit our, our, our targets, we've got to get them at full capacity. We've got to redline them, right? And so I had a revelation uh, this week, actually, on the drive to the office prior to our level 10. It's like, we're always falling short of our rocks, right? And why is this happening? Well, we redline the team the whole time. And then these things occur. And then we have to fix these things that occur. But between quarters, our vision is perfectly clear. But then we redline our team. And then also, the last thing is Steve hates accountability. So I don't know what it is about me. You know, I took this uh, uh, profile back at Keller Williams back in the day when they were recruiting me. And they said, I can't remember the two things they said I was good at. I should look at that. I just didn't care the things they said I was good at. (laughs) What did I care about? The two things I suck at. Uh, Number one, giving praise. Haven't done enough to fix that one. <laughs> number two, holding people accountable. That was number two. And so, and I've sucked, truthfully, for the longest time of holding people accountable. But that's changed now. And the reason why that's changed is that when I'm hitting aspiration, when I'm setting aspirational goals and we don't hit it, it doesn't suck enough. It just doesn't suck that much, right? Hey, Paul, you and I, we're going to do a million dollars this quarter. And we only get 600000 It doesn't suck. <laughs> right? Yeah. But if I say, hey, Paul, this quarter, we need to make $60,000 in net profits after everything's said and done. If we don't hit it, guess what? That sucks. Because we're going to be building our business, designing our business all around that. Well, and there's, a, there's this concept we've probably all heard of, like aim high, miss high. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? What are the risks of... 
It sounds like that's sort of how you've been running your business is, hey, we're just going to aim really high. Mm -hmm. And that way, if we miss, at least we're going to miss high. But what are the risks to that? Sometimes you don't miss high. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes you miss low, right? But who doesn't care? Who doesn't care when you miss revenue targets? Payroll doesn't care. Vendors don't care. Suppliers don't care, right? Your expenses are fixed. Hey, you know, we just, we just upgraded the fiber. Cox is not going to say, hey, Cox, look, here's the thing, right? We, we were going to have this many sales, but it didn't happen. So I'm going to need you to reduce the cost of our internet. Expenses don't care. So anyway, we were talking about this is the problem. So I had some, some realization. So, um, so what are the first things? So actually, let me, let, me, let me bring up some questions here as we're doing this, right? And fortunately, you, me, Dan Nicholson, Nick Peterson, we're business partners in this venture. So I get, to, I get the great benefit of doing group texts <laughs> in the group telegrams with the four of us. Yeah. And so in changing from revenue to profits, first, right, we got to set the minimum profit targets, which we have our, our, our quarterly meeting coming up. And we're going to, I've challenged every department leader to give me minimum profit targets, not revenue targets. But we're changing minimum profit targets. How do the KPIs get affected? Do you know? Um, I think it's, so it's a difference in my mind of building for your average mm -hmm. versus building for your best. Um, and when we're focusing on minimum profit targets, you're shifting the mindset towards what do I need to actually have this business be worth my time mm -hmm. worth running, you know, um, and it's not black or white. I get it. It sometimes it takes time to build up a business and to get to a particular place. But if you don't know what your minimum profit you need out of that business is, well, you can, like you said, you can probably you can fall victim to worrying about vanity metrics, mm -hmm. things that actually just don't matter. Um, I want to circle back to the specific KPIs, but you know, we talk about we talked about this concept a week or two ago. Um, I don't think it was on here. It was on a different. I think it was on the whale call talking about the Halloween candy principle. Mm -hmm. yeah. And it's this idea of, you know, what what is what is Halloween actually about for kids? Um, <clears throat> if you if you were some alien or something and you came to Earth and you were like, what is this like weird tradition? These people like dressing up and then going out and. You know, what you might realize is you might make the mistake of thinking, oh, it's just about candy. Uh, and in that case, if that was the actual point of Halloween was just getting candy, well, then you might just go out and buy a bunch of candy and hand it to your kids. Mm -hmm. But that would be missing the point entirely. The point of Halloween, although it is about candy, what it's more about is dressing up running around the neighborhood, competing with your friends and your sister, your brother, your siblings, whatever, coming home, dumping out the candy on the floor and, and saying, look how much candy I got. And I got more candy than you. And you're comparing and it's like a competition. Right. Mm -hmm. And if you just go out and buy the candy and give it to them, like that's defeating the whole point. And why is that story relevant? Because I think oftentimes we miss the point, you know, what the point of business is. 
-hmm. for a lot of us is to fund the things that we want in life on our terms and on our timeline. Right. And we get caught up by this word scale and which is very linked to revenue. You're mm -hmm. trying to grow your revenue. Right. And the question is, is like, are you missing the point here? Because wasn't this business all about, you know, I, I think of the entrepreneur who says, I just want more time with my, you know, my spouse and my kids. Mm -hmm. I want to spend more time with them. And this business is designed to help me get that. It's like, well, okay. Are you missing the point? Because every single time you focus on revenue, you're, you're just continuing to reinvest every dollar you get to get closer to more and more and more revenue. Yeah. But that's not actually helping you put more money in your pocket, which was the point. So I think, yeah, that, that Halloween candy principle, as we relate to business, is all about, like, let's make sure we understand what we're actually trying to accomplish here. Yeah. And if that's about profit, we need different KPIs, right, Steve? We, we got to have different KPIs. And that's, like, I saw this, you know, unfortunately with a friend, a close friend of mine, where they would consistently say, oh, well, I want to spend more time with my kids. And then their actions were consistently not in line. <laughs> Was spending more time with their kids, to which I would call, but once a quarter, it's like, hey, you know, remember when you said how you want to spend more time with your kids? How is what you're doing right now helping you spend more time with your kids? And their answer is like, well, if I get more money and this and that, it's like, but you can spend more time with your kids now, right? Right. And unfortunately, you know, they had a divorce, so now they have clarity and they are spending more time with their kids, right? I mean, that's a sad reality. You know, sometimes you need a wake up call, and unfortunately, that wake up call can come too late. Now, so then going back to what are the KPIs, so we modified it. So here's the reality. I don't spend a lot of money on my wholesaling team, right? Well, context perspective, right? I'm comparing to all my peers that are crushing it in wholesaling, right? So I spend 20K a month on my wholesaling team, right? That takes care of the marketing, the, the, the CRM, the, uh, the, the tools, the, the VAs, everything, right? And it's going to go below it because we just made a job offer today. So maybe a little more than 20K. My average fee is 22K. I only need to do one deal a month to be profitable, right? That's sexy. That's 2,000 profit. That's not sexy. I only need to do one a month. If we do three a month, we are running a half million net profit business. I think that's pretty good. I don't think there's a lot of people that would sneeze at a half million net profit. But when I was running this larger company, right, I want to say our best year net, not gross. Our best year net was like 340, 360, right? Which is still a pretty good business. But man, we were working our butts off yeah. with all these different systems and all these uh, metrics. And like, we're constantly linking things, doing this, doing that. And we still had the benefit of all those things. But we only need to do three deals a month to run a half million net business. So if that's the case, then looking at this, we changed the net, we changed the KPI, and this is where the things got really heated last week. When I was like, well, I don't need two contracts a week. I only need one, right? Because if we get four closable deals a month and three of them cross the finish line because of title issues or whatever, right, or we just underwrote it wrong, that's a pretty good situation. So that's what we changed it to. And now... Right. So last week we didn't get contract. So this week is like, hey, Paul, hey, uh, we had zero contracts last week. This week you need to get two. But now that I know what the minimum is, 
I can hold you accountable to the minimum. I felt weird holding you accountable to the maximum. I don't know why. That's just how I am. You know, I had a conversation with someone uh, who runs a gigantic, amazing operation in San Diego, Phil Green. And I mentioned like, hey, I, I have a hard time holding people accountable to these, you know, these KPIs. Like, that's weird. <laughs> okay. <laughs> right. So, but for me with the minimums, I feel perfectly fine. It's like, hey, you know, this is what we need to hit. What's going on? How come you're not hitting it? How can we help you hit this? Do we need to have an all hands on deck? Do we need to have a pizza night, right? Where we're all hammering in the phones together. I don't know what has to happen, but we need to make this happen. But now it's a different conversation because we know that if we hit one a week, we're doing really well. Mm -hmm. Well, I think it's just not count. It's a little counterintuitive to think that way, right? Like we, yeah. I didn't think that way until I met these guys and learned all this stuff. Yeah. And, and I think this is what we're getting at when we say reliability. It's <clears throat> how do we make sure that this business is not falling below what we need it to fund mm -hmm. in order to hit the life that we want to live. And so easy way to think about the solvable problem. Um, Let's say you need your business to bring home $500,000 a year for you to fund the things that you want in life on your terms and on your timeline, and you choose wholesaling to be that, mm -hmm. right? Okay, great. So if you have the same size business as Steve, you're spending 20 grand a month, and your deals are about 22K, and so if you hit three deals a month, you're hitting half a million dollars a year in net profit. And that is the right size for your business. Mm -hmm. This is exactly what we mean by solvable problem. Yeah. Is you've got to, you've got to first define what do you actually want from this business? Because who gives a crap about, <laughs> you know, the revenue, yeah. like who cares? The business is there to support what you're actually trying to accomplish. And if your motive is let's see how much revenue I can possibly get so that I can be this chess beater and like, mm -hmm. look how much money I'm generating. Again, that doesn't really make a whole lot of difference to the people who actually run profitable businesses. Cause they're going to say, well, how much are you taking home? Right. So if we're actually playing the game, that is like we're running this business so that we can take home money so that we can use it to fund the life that we want to fund. Mm -hmm. Okay, great. Have you actually defined what your solvable problem is? Do you know what your net profit is per month or per year or whatever that you need to take home? Because if you don't, then how big, how do you know how big your business is supposed to be? Right. And if we understand, I mean, again, just for easy numbers, let's say you need to take home half a million dollars a year and you run a 50% margin business. Okay. Well, you need to generate a, a million dollars in revenue. Right. I think a better way to look at this, and again, we didn't see it this way for a long time. No. We're now seeing it. Well, the, the, thing, that's, like, the, the thing that's funny is just real quick. Uh, I've been talking to you about this stuff for close to two years now. Yeah. And it wasn't until like the last couple of times we were going through the whale clubs, like, huh. Right. <laughs> I'm not living this. Because we have so many bad habits to unlearn, you know? <laughs> We've just accumulated a lot of bad habits. And, and that, in my mind, is, okay, so if you need to take home 500K, and you have a half a million dollar or you have a 50% margin, profit margin business. Pretty easy to understand. We need to be able to generate, you know, hundred a uh, million dollars in revenue. <clears throat> so everything we're doing 
is trying to get that to be the floor. Mm -hmm. I don't care what we make on our best year. All right. I care about is the reliability that I'm going to take home, the amount of money every single year that I need to fund the life that I want. Would I take more? Of course I would. Right. If it happened to be more, if I'm swinging for base hits and line drives, are you going to be upset that you hit a home run? Not at Probably all. We not. celebrate them. Sure, that's great. I'm not going up to the plate every single time trying to hit a home run. Mm -hmm. You're trying to hit a base hit. You're trying to get on base, and you're trying to do that reliably and consistently. And yeah. I think that's what, like, when we say minimums, it's like, what's the minimum that we need to do so that this business is actually doing what I wanted it mm -hmm. to do? Like, yeah. what the point of this is? Week in, week out, month in, month out. We're doing this no matter what. And that's what the absolute minimums are. Not like, here's the low mark. No, this is the absolute minimums. It's not like, here's my goal and here's my stretch goal. It's like, this is a non-negotiable, right? Yeah. And then what happens here, if we're saying we're going to do one contract a week and we're going to build a business that is 100% going to do one contract a week in our sleep, then at that point, a couple of things are going to occur. Hey, we might do three contracts this week. We might do five contracts this week. We might have a 12-contract month, right? Because everything's falling into in, in place. But time and randomness now is to our benefit. Right. Versus when we're shooting for the, when we have these high revenue targets, time and randomness almost always like 90 plus percent of the time or more is working against us putting downward pressure on our revenue targets but here we're saying th these are our minimum profits minimum profit targets time and randomness can only improve our profit target our, our profit uh, at the end of the year yeah it's just the shift in mindset from building for your average mm -hmm. or your and peak building for for your peak you know um, we brought this up on a previous show and we're just going to give a lot of examples. I like the baseball analogy because mm -hmm. I played a lot of baseball. It's like, if you want to, if you, if you want to be a winning team, you, you hit for base hits, you hit yeah. to get on base. And then everything above that is benefit. Let's, let's think about, like we talked about lifting weights again. Mm -hmm. Um, and we talked about bench press, you know, so you're trying to increase, the amount of weight you can lift, amount of weight that you can bench. Mm -hmm. Well, you don't go in and like max out and then go in the next day and try to beat that max and try to beat that max. What you do is you focus on how do we increase our rolling average? Right. You know, so you're doing three sets of 10 at 185, right? And mm -hmm. once you can successfully hit that over and over and over again, you add a little bit of weight mm -hmm. and you go up. And then now you raise the floor and that becomes your new floor. Of course, it, it, there's going to be situations where you come in and you max out and you hit, you know, some something in the 200s. Right. right? And that is certainly ind indicative of your progress. But we're not necessarily focused on that. We're focused on how do we increase the rolling average? How do we go from three sets of 10 at 185? to three sets of 10 at 190, to then 195, to then 205. And I think you get the idea here. That's how we approach most things. Right. But for whatever reason, then the domain shifts. You know, now we're playing business. We're not working out. And we make these mistakes because it's a human thing mm -hmm. to chase more, to want to, uh, uh, to sort of miss the context and to get confused over what is the point of this? Back to the Halloween candy principle, mm -hmm. right? Is your point really to max out on bench? 
is your point really to see how much revenue you can generate in a month or is it to take home a consistent, reliable, predictable amount every single month or year? And there's no judgment here. It's just get clarity on what are you actually trying to do? I think that's the point is that right. most of us got into business. We're running this business so that it can help us achieve the life that we want on our terms and on our timeline. And so, again, I think we're just calling into question, like, but do your behaviors actually align with that? Because when you go set these aim high, miss high type goals, I think you can easily lose track of like, what was the point of this? Mm -hmm. It's to make sure that I'm putting 500K into my pocket every single year. Right. I'm okay with more. I'm not okay with less. And I'm not okay with massive volatility in that. We want at least, you know, we talk about barbells and mm -hmm. things. We want reliable, predictable stuff on one side. Yeah. So we changed the KPI from two contracts a week to one. Now we go from two contracts a, a week to one. Then they were saying, well, what about the appointment target? Like, well, then this is where I, I haven't had a chance to text, uh, do the group text yet. If the minimum contract a week is one, what is the minimum, like going up the chain, how many held appointments do we need a week, right? Because it was 10 appointments, two contracts. And so in our level 10 meeting for the wholesale company, like, well, are we now lowering the minimum appointments to five a week now? To which I said, and I want your input on this, I said, no, I want to stay at 10. They're like, why would you say a 10? If the contract is one, why is the minimum held appointments 10? And I said, well, if we suck, if we're terrible, we're going to close at 10%. We should be closing at 20 to 30. But if we suck, we're closing at 10%. So again, I am trying to get time and randomness in my favor. Right? So we're not, I didn't say we're cutting back on marketing. I'm not saying we're cutting back on appointments. We know that this action leads to this action leads to this action. So all I'm doing is saying like, hey, if we suck, we're only going to do a contract a week. But if we have a good week, we're going to close two or three or lock up two or three contracts that week. So anyway, I didn't, I, I, normally you work out the math backwards based off your previous data. I am now working the KPIs based off our worst days versus our average days. So what are the, you know, when I think about that, I think that is a maintainability, like what can mm -hmm. be maintained, mm -hmm. right? What is the 20 mile March, you know, mm -hmm. what is, can they, what does the data show? Like, have you been able to successfully hit 10 meetings week after week after week after week? And then what are your energy levels? Is that actually sustainable? Because if it is, mm -hmm. I don't necessarily think it makes sense to reduce that. Right. Because um, what we're all trying to, what we're trying to build towards is a sustainable average, mm -hmm. right? And then we can start improving, you know, these different KPIs. But I think yeah. a lot of this is about finding what is the 20 mile march. Again, we talked about this on a previous show. Mm -hmm. It's the idea of like, what can you do consistently day in and day out, even on your worst days? Right. You can still maintain this level here and it's still going to get you to the outcome that you so desire. And so, you know, that would be my question is, is that what does the data show? Yeah. You know, does the data show that 10 meetings is sustainable and mm -hmm. gets you to your result? 
I'll have to dive that dive deeper into that. Um, <clears throat> I can't remember that. I cannot remember that off the top of my head. But the other thing too is in looking at this, because I'm looking at like on my worst days. Do I do on my worst days in every single one? Right. So like on my worst day, I'm closing one in ten health appointments. Not me, my team. Right. And on my worst days, I mean it's pretty consistent. Fifty health appointments, fifty percent held from fifty percent from scheduled. Right. So from scheduled to held, that number doesn't really go down that much. It's pretty consistent across the board. And from scheduled to leads, right? Like that number is pretty consistent across the board. So really the only one that has a high variability really is appointments held into assigned contracts. Closing rate. Yeah. So that one I think has the widest variability. So that one I'm planning on my worst days. Everything else is pretty consistent across the board. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I guess I kind of answered my own question. Because if it's consistent across the board, then on the worst day, it's pretty much like this best day. So we'll just leave the number the same. Yeah. And and I do think language and how you communicate with team, right, is mm. important with this stuff. It's not like we're saying we are expecting you. We're expecting you to do a certain amount of contracts every single week. Mm-hmm. Instead of saying we're expecting you to do three, we're saying we're expecting you to do one. Right. Um, and it's just a matter of the team understanding the difference doesn't mean that the out, you know, inputs plus processes equal output, mm-hmm. right? If your output that you want is minimum of one contract per week, you're optimizing for the minimum. You're not optimizing for the maximum. Right. Um, it doesn't mean that I don't, I don't necessarily think you should drop your activity requirements. Mm-hmm. I think you're just communicating to that. If we don't hit, this we have a problem exactly right if you do hit three that's great that's you're overachieving mm-hmm. well done but if you don't hit one we have a really big problem right and that's and, and and we're doing this and this is we're just using the example here for the wholesale company but we're doing this across the board all companies right we're yeah. each company has to evaluate they're going to come into our quarterly meeting again in a couple of weeks here's the minimum profit target for q4 of this year and here's what has to happen for us to achieve that. Um, so we talk about the KPIs. So, you know, we're talking about the one contract a week, no matter what. So what am I doing here? Because again, Paul and I have been talking for two years now. You guys, you guys have been listening to certainty talks. We've been talking about this stuff for a while now. We talked about barbells many, many times on the show. And I was like, yeah, you know, my business, my wholesale business somewhere, you know, it's, it's somewhere on that barbell. Now we've planted our, our, our flag in the ground. We are moving our wholesale company to the reliable side. And we're doing everything we can to move it to the reliable side. And again, that goes back to here are the KPIs that need to be hit no matter what. We got someone, like I said, we made an offer today. You've heard this where we talk about probation, right? Like 90 days. Hey, we'll give him 90-day probation. Hire a sales guy, make him, give him 90-day probation. And we've said it. We've known this. We've read the books. We have friends that talk about this. And 90-day comes up. I was like, ah, you know, I don't know. Like, I think, they, I think there's still hope. <laughs> Right now, we're saying, "Hey, this is what they need to hit after 90 days. This is an absolute must. And if they don't hit it, it's black and white. If they don't hit it, they're out. That's it. These are the non-negotiables now. So when I said, like, "Hey, I would like for you to hit this," and they don't, it's like, "Well, they tried really hard. You know, was it on us? Did we fail? Blah blah blah. All these inflection, uh, introspection. Now we're gonna say, "Here's the absolute minimum you must perform." And if you can't do this, sorry, 
-hmm. it didn't work out. Yeah. Slightly different attitude from the accountability perspective. And then you just align that with the outcome that you need. Um, You know, one of the things that we're we're going through this process with Whale Club, this might be an interesting time to kind of bring up a different example. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, I've got a specific thing I'm looking to get out of that community, like a certain amount of money I'm looking to take home from it. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, we've just defined, actually, you know, Dan was helping me refine this this week. Okay, so based off of the fixed expenses and, you know, you and I splitting profit and things like that, like what is the size of that business? How many people do we need in it? What does that timeline look like? And, um, you know, basically turning it around to, okay, well, this is how many people we need per month or per quarter to join the community mm-hmm. in order to, you know, get that there. And it's just all designed to get closer to that. Now we're not there yet. Like, so let me give you a, a great example. Let's say it's 10 members that need to join every single month. Or we're not at 10 members. We're at like four or five right mm-hmm. now that are, I guess it's like five or six that are joining every single month. But now what we're figuring out is like, okay, so we just need to go from like five to six to 10. Mm-hmm. And okay, then what are the amount of leads that we need to come in? Like how many you know, calls should I be having to talk about this? And we're, we're actually building it for the right size and we're setting minimums. Like I need a minimum of this many per week or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And again, that's just exactly what you're saying there. It's not like how many appointments can I get? Let's optimize for, let's just get as many as I possibly can. Right. It's no, I, I know exactly how many I need. And if I don't hit that, we're not on track to hit our solvable problem. That's what it is. I think it's all comes back to what is your solvable problem? And how do you know that you're on the right path to get there? You're not just going to go from zero to $500,000 putting it in your pocket every single month. No, no. Right. And if you're not there yet, it means, okay, great. It's, it's more about how do we raise the floor so that we get that floor up to a point where we know with a really high degree of reliability, we're going to hit our targets and everything else is just gravy. You swing for base hits. You're going to hit home runs every now and then. That sounds mm-hmm. great. Um, but what we don't want is we don't want to have years where we're making zero or right. we lose money. And then another year where we're at a million bucks and it's mm-hmm. like it averages out. I think most of us want consistency and reliability in our businesses. Absolutely. And again, like I mean, you, we've said it earlier on the show, but my, I feel like my revenue targets were home runs. Like here are the, all the home runs we're going to hit this year. And it's like, oh, well, we didn't hit it. Yeah, you know, we tried. It's like, no, here are the singles we must hit. If we want to make it to the playoffs, here's the number of singles we need to hit <laughs> every single game. If we're not hitting this many singles a game, what are we doing here? Right. Well, and here's, here's what happens, Steve, is let's say you're building your business and you say, I, I, the exact business that we're describing here, you want to take home half a million, you run a 50% margin business, and you get there, you get to a million bucks. Like, holy cow, mm-hmm. I can't believe I'm here. What's the first thing we always do? Yeah, well, we're going to get to two million. Let's yeah. go to two million. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then what happens, right? We start hiring more we start people. Spiraling. We start Flaring. adding stuff. Now we've got to shoot, you know, much higher. Mm-hmm. And I guess I think what I'm advocating for is instead of asking yourself, well, how do I double my 
my volume of my business or, you know, go from a million to 1.5 or whatever. It's like, no, how do we make sure we don't do less than a million next year? Mm -hmm. Right. Well, that's, that is the question. So that's, and that goes back to our conversation. It's like, all right, we want to get a contract a week. That's the target. Once we get the one contract a week, it's not, let's get the two. It's like, how can we beef up the system so that no matter what we can do it and it's easy. Yeah. Now, when it's like a one a week and we don't miss for four weeks in a row, right? It's just automatic. Um, not even four weeks, four months in a row, right? Without any misses, then we can say, all right, maybe we go for one and a half, right? And as we can hit one and a half consistently, right? That's six a month. And we can hit that for three or four months in a row. Okay, let's look at how we can get to two a week. But it's it's making sure that the the all the bugs, all the issues, all the challenges have been tightened up so much that we're doing this not on autopilot, but we're cruising. Well, that's the whole idea of raising the floor, you know? Yeah. It, it's like get up to a new level and recognize that you probably had, you were redlining a little bit mm -hmm. to get up to that level. Anytime you're setting a new high watermark, there's just danger. What do they say? Behind every peak is a, is a what? A valley. Yeah. You know? Um, so that, that's what we learned through the certainty operating system. Mm -hmm. And that's what's working for us now. It was just getting out of this mindset of scale, right? It's not a bad word. It's just, I don't think it's the right orientation. You know, yeah. if you look at, if you look at scale only, you probably are going to end up getting caught up in the vanity metric of revenue. Right. How do I grow my revenue? And if you're just focused on that, you might be missing the point of the game. The point of Halloween is not to go out and just buy candy and give it to your kids. The point was something entirely different than that. So yeah. if the point is to scale, well, that's different than, than taking money and putting it in your pocket, right? And so in my opinion, taking money and putting it in your pocket is all about maintaining a certain mm -hmm. level of reliability and slowly increasing that floor as you get more and more and more evidence. The way you do that is by shoring up the weak spots so that um, uh, well, what happens when somebody gets sick? What happens with the market shifts? What happens when we have some black swan event or some crazy some marketing thing? Channel does. All of a sudden, direct mail is not working like it was and we have mm -hmm. to move somewhere else. Well, that's stuff that's fairly predictable. Mm -hmm. These things are going to change. So instead of focusing on growing and building on top of a kind of a weak foundation, I think all we're saying is strengthen the foundation and you'll be able to build higher and higher and higher. Yeah. And I think the, the it, it, this might sound like, to, like totally like common sense, right? When, when we're saying it right now. But here's what we've done forever, right? Is, and and I've, I've even had, you know, team members say, like, Steve, why don't we just not go as fast, right? Like, that's not what I want to hear. As a visionary, I don't want to hear it. Let's not go as fast. Why don't we just slow down, right? And so this came up in our meeting. It's like, my goal here is not to slow down. That's not the goal here. My goal is to raise the floor, right? My goal is to see how we look on our worst day. Let's plan for our worst day and celebrate our best days versus trying everything to go perfectly only to ask ourselves, 
why did we not foresee this happening? So I'll show you another place where this happens, where this is showing up in my team. Quarterly rocks. We cannot consistently hit our quarterly rocks, right? And, I'm, and again, the introspection, I'm looking at this. Why are we not consistently hitting our quarterly rocks? And we're doing what uh, Gino Wickman says in Traction. Don't set more than three rocks. So we should be able to hit these three rocks. Then you look at it, right? Our worst offenders, our worst offenders not hitting their rocks. What happens? Steve happens, right? Hey, Paul, look at this. Hey, Paul, I mean, look, we're doing more Certainty Talks episodes, right? Hey, well, let's add another <laughs> set of Certainty Talks. Uh, we got Ryan Zolan. We're going to be doing a new show where we're going to have NFL athletes on the show, right? That's an exciting opportunity. Let's jump on that. Um, we got uh, Sean Terry was just in our office yesterday. It's like, Steve, I got an idea. Let's do something together, right? And it was classic violation of case, by the way. But it was fun, right? Um, so we got this opportunity, that opportunity. Hey, guys, I'm looking at this. Hey, guys, I'm looking at that. And our guy in charge of running our education company, I'm screwing him by talking about all these different things. Yeah. The guy running our wholesale company, I'm screwing him. It's like, hey, um, I'm seeing launch control. This is working in these other markets. Let's incorporate launch control right back into our systems. Well, that deviates him from his quarterly rocks. So what are we doing now? We're no longer going to have three rocks in our next quarterly meeting. We're going to say, what are the one, maybe two rocks that absolutely needs to happen that's going to move the needle in our company? Right. So, you know, Nick talks about how we have this, um, you got your plan and the certainty that we have the tools to reach them. And Dr. Jeff Spencer says, what are the one or two things that need to go right? Right. Darren Hardy talks about like, hey, set your goal. Right. Set your goal. Figure out what the next one or two steps looks like. Then delete the goal from your mind, which is really hard to do. Right. Yeah. But that's what we're going to be doing. We're going to only focus on one or two goals for the quarter. Why? Because Steve's going to happen and going to inject all this insanity into operations. And so we're redlining our people because we have, if we did nothing else, we will hit those three rocks. If we did nothing else, market didn't change, marketing didn't change, environment didn't change, people don't get sick, people don't quit. We're not hiring any more people, which also makes things more difficult. If nothing changes, we'll hit those three rocks. But guess what? Things are constantly happening. Yeah. So now we're going to say one or two rocks. Oh, by the way, what's the, what's the result? They're redlining and missing targets and feeling bad. Now we're saying, what are the one or two rocks we absolutely must hit no matter what? And as these other things happen, we'll move you to capacity, not redlining. I think it's great. Uh, it, opportunities are a good thing, you know? Mm -hmm. I think the problem is, is we don't have the restraint to say no before we've got reliability built first. Right. You know, you, you can grow a business. You can do new things. I think what we're suggesting is just do one thing, right? Mm -hmm. Work on one thing at a time. And the goal should be make it reliable first. How do we make this so consistent and predictable that, it's like a machine, you know, uh, think about a car. Um, imagine if, imagine this was the car that you drove, you know, you get in it and it's 95% reliable. And that's like, well, that's pretty high. Well, <laughs> 
what that means is that if you're driving, you know, 20 days a week, uh, 20 days a month, let's just say, out of 20 days every month, your car, one of those days is going to break down. So once a month, it's going to break down. You're like, wow, I would never drive that car. That's not reliable enough. Mm -hmm. Okay, let's say 99%. So one out of 100 times, it breaks down. So you're saying like once a quarter, every three months or so, every you know 90 days or so, my car is going to break down? Mm -hmm. I wouldn't drive that car either, you know? And it's, it doesn't really matter how fast the car goes or how nice it is or mm -hmm. whatever. Like, who cares if it can't get you from A to B? Right. You know, if the point of the car is to get you where you're trying to go, then having it be unreliable is a problem because then it breaks down when you most need it. You know, like, crap, I have an important meeting I need to get to or mm -hmm. I'm supposed to be at my kid's baseball game or softball game or whatever. And you can't get there because your car's not reliable. Well, that's what we're talking about here in business is I don't really care how fast the car goes or how nice it is if it can't get me where I'm trying to go. So exactly. instead, let's like build that car and optimize for reliability. And then, of course, like as it's consistent, then you can slowly start adding, you know, faster. You can get a nicer car, whatever. But first things first, it's got to get us where we're actually trying to go. Absolutely. And then um, we have this other thing I'm working on, right? Because again, crazy up here. I might appear sane, but I am crazy up here. <laughs> um, so that thing we, you and I talked about, I want to say like maybe six, eight episodes ago about the realtor thing. So we've I put the website together. I got the, the second largest title company in town on board to support it. The number one loan officer in town on board to support it. And another highly productive loan officer to support it, right? So I've sent them the copy of the website and this and that. Oh, by the way, the recruiter. I got a recruiter who's going to be working 100% 100 commission. It's super excited for us to throw this event. So everyone's like, you know, I was like, hey, when are we going to do this event? When are we going to do this event? And they're pushing me, pushing me, pushing me. I was like, we have a large enough interest list. And I was like, no, like, we got to go, we got to go, we got to go. I was like, nah, we got to get an interest list first. We got to have, if I don't have 30 people that are dying to be there, we're not going to have this event. And it's like, it's driving them crazy because they want to go, go, go. I was like, yeah, well, we got to, we got to get the first thing right. And the first thing right was getting everyone on board. Second thing right was getting the messaging right, the website up. Now it's the interest list. And once the interest list is big enough, now we'll plan the event. It's driving everyone else crazy. But this is that reliability we're talking about here. Yeah, it's like, don't overbuild. You know, I used to, I came from the manufacturing world and, they would call this, I uh, forget the name of kind of the, the name of this, but imagine you're assembling like a car, you know? And so you start by the frame and then you put the engine in and you got all these components in the engine and then you're slowly start putting all these other pieces together. Well, if you build the whole car and then you realize, oh, there's a massive problem with the transmission. Now we got to disassemble this whole thing, mm -hmm. pull it apart just to fix that one part. And usually that results in scrap is what we would call it. Right. Well, th that's what we're saying is like avoid waste by maybe you should check the transmission that it works before you put the whole car together and then try to check it. Because yeah. if it doesn't work, well, we got to throw the whole thing away and start over. So that's yeah. it. It's like we call this micro stepping in our operating system. And we don't scale until we hit predefined points so badly we want to just scale, mm -hmm. you know? And the certainty operating system 
teaches you how to scale a business appropriately, right? right? Which means we don't scale until we hit certain reliability metrics. Like we need to be able to see at least a certain amount of months in a row or years in a row, or here's the other mistake that people can be making with all this, Steve, is they're not considering the rhythms that exist in the industry, in your business, in your personal life. Like, let's talk about industry rhythms for a second. Mm -hmm. There's certain cycles that exist, right? Usually there's seven-year cycles that, that kind of exist. There's a whole rhythm to that. You have in Colorado in the summertime, no one's buying houses. Why? Because they're out doing stuff, right? People actually buy a lot more properties here in the wintertime. And you could have January, February, March where you crush it and think, hey, we're going to crush it the rest of the year. This is how it's going to be. We got three data points. Fantastic. And then all of a sudden you see April, May, June, everyone's traveling and spring break and they're out in the mountains and doing stuff. And you're like, crap. I scaled too quick. I didn't consider that rhythm. Mm -hmm. There's there's rhythms that exist inside of your business, right? Whether that's hiring rhythms or um, Dan was talking about a rhythm as an accountant. Like, think about that. <laughs> the the lot of work is front loaded in just a few months, you know, throughout the entire year. Most of the work happens in that time. And if you didn't understand the rhythm that existed there, you might get trapped in. Okay, let's go scale this thing. So I think what we're sort of getting trying to get across with this episode here is building a business that can support your lifestyle and support the life that you want to live and on your terms and on your timeline is all it's it's that car like we got to make sure it can get where we're going at a really high level of reliability and if it breaks down I don't really care how fast or how expensive it was if it's mm -hmm. constantly breaking down and can't get me where I'm going Exactly right. So <clears throat> I hope this helps everyone else, you know, understanding like how we're applying it, you know. And again, I get to be part of the whale club, right? We're in it together. And as Paul's instructing, every time he instructs, like, huh, that my part of the business is not <laughs> in alignment with that message. Well, I'm still violating that one. So there's just constant re reminders in your face, incredibly beneficial, and you guys can hear it. You can see it. I'm super excited. You know, like I mentioned before on a previous episode, my wife asked me, what's the difference between now and before? I was like, well, now I'm asking myself the right questions, <laughs> right? What profit do I want? And again, it seems obvious, but are your words in alignment with your actions? So now my actions are finally in alignment with the words, with the questions. So again, I hope this is super valuable for you guys. Uh, and then guys, you know, if you guys are interested in learning how to implement this, uh, reliability, profitability, fulfilling, uh, fulfillment inside your business, you know, we get, we recommend you go pick up the book, Rigging the Game. It's going to cost you 10 bucks or less. You know, I think Dan had a special recently. You can go to rigging, riggingamazon.com. And if you enjoy this book, you enjoy this episode, you want to learn how Paul and I are learning the lessons that we're learning, uh, applying the lessons we're learning from Nick and Dan. You know, go check out realestatecertainty.com. Schedule a call with Paul if you want to learn how to apply this right now inside your business. Yeah. Uh, last thing I'll say is like, we're all standing on the shoulders of giants. That's a phrase Nick always says, mm -hmm. you know. Um, we didn't make this stuff up. <laughs> we learned it. We had to like get mentored by these guys and 
we learned it through a process of trial and error, just, just doing the hard work to get to this point. And, um, uh, we're just kind of trying to pay it forward really. Like it's just extremely valuable information. And, uh, like I said, we're learning this from some guys who have had a lot of success, learned it from guys before them that had a lot of success and it's this whole operating system and yeah rigging the game outlines a lot of the way that we approach business and life mm. and these tools were life-changing I, I just can't recommend that book more um, it's sort of uh, becoming a big popular book inside the real estate business and real estate world but you'll notice it's not a real estate book it's a it's a book about how to get the things that you want in life on your terms using business to do those things if you've if you've picked up a copy of rigging the game and you liked that, uh, I've got another book for you. It's our partner, Nick Peterson. He wrote this book called Bumpers. It's a little book. It's probably something you could read in just a couple hours. A quick, um, not, even in a, not even a couple hours. Yeah, it's a quick, quick yeah. read. Short, and it's a, it's a it's sort of a condensed version of Rigging the Game. Of course, Dan and Nick, they're business partners together. They have been for a long time. They're partners with us in the Whale Club. And again, if you guys resonate with that information of what they're talking about in that book, you know, obviously keep listening to certainty talks. We're talking about how we're applying it to real estate specifically. Mm -hmm. um, but if you want to learn how to apply this in your business, you got specific questions around something like that. Yeah. Go to realestatecertainty.com. Uh, I'm taking time still to answer people's questions, to give them some very actionable uh, frameworks and tools from the certainty operating system to start building this more reliable, profitable, and fulfilling business. Absolutely. And yeah, I mean, I think the essence or the name of the book is perfect, right? Because if you know you made it all the way through this episode, you can see I am clearly rigging the game in my favor. Yeah, and we also got to set bumpers up so that we make sure that we don't <laughs> uh, get off track, right? And then we have things to kind of keep us back. Oh, you know, course correct. Exactly. Perfect. So we'll wrap up here. Thank you guys all for watching. Thank you for listening. And then we will see you guys later.